Hey, what's up, everybody? You're tuned into For Real Though with me, Rock Ruiz. And today we're going to be talking about the last movie in Marvel's Phase 3. Yeah, that's right. Avengers Endgame apparently wasn't the last movie in this phase. It's Spider Man Far From Home. Because in Spider Man Far From Home, they kind of answer all of our questions in Avengers Endgame. Like, all our questions about Avengers Endgame, like, uh, does that mean people who didn't disintegrate five years ago, did they grow up? While the people who came back, uh, did they stay the same age? Did they grow up too? Or like, where did these people reappear when they disappeared? Most of those questions are answered within the five first five minutes of Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, since the movie's been out for like about a week now, or at least it's the first weekend it's been out, uh, there's a big chance that a lot of you have already seen it, so I'm going to make this podcast a spoiler-filled podcast because there's a lot I want to talk about, and uh, for me to talk about those things, I'm going to have to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and don't want to get spoiled, go see it first because it's one of those movies that's like a hundred times better if you see it on a big screen as compared to a laptop. And uh, if you're gonna go see it, make sure to stay for both the post credit scenes because they're both important. You know how sometimes the post credit scenes are just there for fun? Like, they don't really have any bearing on the story at all. This one does. These two post credit scenes do. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm gonna talk spoilers. And you should probably go out to your cinema right now or tonight, or whenever you, free t- whenever you have free time, and see it, and just come back to this podcast right after. So anyways, now let's get to the spoiler-filled part of the review. Now, Spider-Man Homecoming, the first Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I really enjoyed it. Now, it's definitely not one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, because, okay, I'm, I'm kind of biased. I I was a 90s kid, so I was like a preschooler in the 2000s, um, or I, I was in grade school. So Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is what made me love Spider-Man. Like growing up as a baby, you know, you get all these Spider-Man toys, Spider-Man uh, books from people, and it makes you like the character. But Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man made me love it, made me love Spider-Man. And then Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man came along when I was in college and it rekindled my love for, for Spider-Man. I mean, sure, they weren't the best Spider-Man movies, critically speaking, but I love them. I loved Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Like, there hasn't really been a single bad Spider-Man movie for me. And that's not just because I'm biased, not just because I love Spider-Man, but they're all entertaining. You can't, you can't lie about that. Like... There hasn't been a single dull Spider-Man movie. And then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse comes out, and that was freaking amazing. And now we have Spider-Man Far From Home. Now let's talk about the great parts in this movie first, because no one wants to start with the negative things, man. So the great parts in this movie for me, first and foremost, Mysterio was so cool. I mean, of course, as a fan of the character, as a fan of Spider-Man, you already know Mysterio's just putting up an act. Because he's the master of illusion and manipulation, man. How could you believe him 
if you all if you're already familiar with the lore which is what why I kind of envy the people who don't really know anything about Mysterio at least you know they didn't see the twist coming but I was really fascinated by the fact that Mysterio used um, this tech that he made for Tony Stark and I'm sorry that I'm pausing a lot because like I kind of have a cold so please excuse me for that so I was really amazed by how Marvel tied in Tony Stark to Mysterio's story tied in um, Tony Stark to the other teammates I guess of Mysterio like all of them just hate Tony Stark and it's kind of like the vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming where the villain in this Spider-Man movie is just another mess that Tony Stark made that Spider-Man has to clean up. Now, that fascinated me, but at the same time, it annoyed me. But I'm going to talk about why it was annoyance to me later on when I talk about the negatives. Now, besides Mysterio being really cool with his, with his really cool illusion sequences... Tom Holland was great too. Like, I love how he's really just a kid. He shows that he's just a kid. And what I appreciate about his Spider-Man as compared to Andrew Garfield's and um, Tobey Maguire's is he's kind of the most naive Spider-Man. Like, okay, by no doubt, maybe um, intellectual-wise, when it comes to school smarts he's still pretty smart i mean peter parker's gotta be a genius but this spider-man is the most naive he's the most trusting he's the most um i guess the least grown up which is why it was so easy for mysterio to manipulate him and he just wants to enjoy his field trip with his friends and spend this time with the girl he likes or loves and you don't really see that naive of a Spider-Man in the previous Spider-Man films. So it was refreshing to see. Um, What I also liked was MJ's and Peter's love story. It kind of made me feel like I was in high school again, man. Like, that's how awkward it is, but sweet it is at the same time. You know, when you like a girl and it's your first time telling a girl you like her, this movie captures that experience perfectly. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of how it went down for me. And I found that really relatable. And that's one of the things I love about Spider-Man. He's one of the most relatable superhero movies, superheroes out there. And, okay, besides MJ's and Spider-Man's relationship, I really enjoyed all the jokes in this movie. I mean, granted, they trivialized Endgame in the beginning of this movie, which just annoyed me quite a bit, but it was still funny. Um, when they played, and I, I will always love you. Okay, I'm not the best singer. Please ex- excuse me. But um, uh, th- that just, even if it did trivialize all the deaths in Endgame and Infinity War, it still cracked me up. Um, though, let's see. Okay, positives, positives. The action was good. MJ and... Peter Parker were good. Mysterio was good. Oh, another thing that I loved about this movie was everyone was kind of a comedian. Like, that's what I enjoy about these Marvel Spider-Man films. They're the lighter side of Marvel. They're, like, along the lines of Ant-Man. But this is, like, teenage romantic comedy 
action kind of movie. And I really like that because Spider-Man comics are the funniest ones and the funnest ones. And Spider-Man Far From Home captured that balance just right. I mean, sometimes they joke a little bit too much, but I don't know. I still had fun either way. And of course, one of the best parts of this movie, even if it's not technically part of the movie, is freaking J.K. Simmons returning as um, JJJ, man. That was freaking amazing. The whole theater freaking gasped when he, he came out during that po- first post credit scene. And I love how they, they adapted him to our modern times where people don't really read tabloid newspapers anymore like they did in the early 2000s. Um, now he's like this online kind of fake news spreading guy <laughs> that, okay, maybe not everyone might find credible, but like Mysterio said, people will believe anything these days. And that's also one thing I love about this movie. It's also a commentary on how gullible people are these days. Like you show them this and they don't doubt it for one second. Like they don't even look it up if it's true or not. They just believe it because it's what they see, it's what they hear. Okay, now on to the negatives because I've been talking about the positives for quite some time now. Okay, negatives for, for me. And this is just me. Objectively, it's not a bad thing. But I just wish they didn't make Spider-Man so, so, so intertwined with Tony Stark. Like, that's what I loved about Spider-Man in the comics and in the earlier movies is he's independent. He's smart enough. And uh, he's... How do I say this? He's handy enough, I guess, to make his own tech and to make his own tech good. In this one, it's like he becomes less relatable because he has this big billionaire father figure who just hands him down everything. And not everyone has a Tony Stark in their life. So that makes Spider-Man a little less relatable. And like I said earlier, the villains too are just byproducts of Tony Stark. And the whole reason Spider-Man's becoming a bigger hero now is because of Tony Stark. It's Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Tony Stark, everything Tony Stark. And um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of fans love this relationship. Like, it's a good, I guess, replacement for the Uncle Ben storyline. Tony Stark becomes Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. But I don't know. Because I don't want Spider-Man to be so dependent on this whole Tony Stark story. But I guess it's the best Marvel can do since they want to, you know, make everyone involved with each other. Okay, fine. I'll give it a free pass. But personally, I'm not the biggest fan of it. But that's just the way it is. Also, a negative for me would be um, Mysterio was totally predictable. And I talked to my friends who weren't familiar with the lore. And okay, not everyone saw the twist coming. But a lot of them are skeptical already. And even if they didn't know that Mysterio was a villain in the comics, um, people didn't buy it so much right away either. Like the people who weren't familiar with the comics and knew they didn't know Mysterio was a bad guy, they already saw it coming from like a mile away. Like a lot of them did. So 
I wish they kind of just made it a little more believable. Other negatives would be, that's about it. Because I found the movie really fun and really entertaining. Like one of the most entertaining Spider-Man movies I've seen. Even though like all of them are entertaining. And as a Spider-Man fan, I loved it. I loved the movie. I loved what they did with Mysterio. Uh, the whole romance between uh, Peter and, and Mary Jane. Did I say Gwen Stacy earlier? If ever I did, I meant Mary Jane. Okay, and um, I love Ned's character. He's always stealing the scene, man. Um, how he just got with... Their, her name is Betty, I think. Is it Betty? Yeah, how he got with that blonde character who looks like Gwen Stacy. And by the end of the movie, they just broke up, but in a really mature way that cracked me up. And Happy's whole dynamic with um, Aunt May, like, I guess I'm only peeved at this movie because it's not completely comic accurate, but I have to let that go. And you other comic purists have to let it go too, because Tom Holland's Spider-Man is its own thing. It's the furthest from the comics, but it's still you know, stands its ground. Like, it's still its own thing, and it, and it works. And I guess I'm gonna grow to love it eventually, because rumor is, there's gonna be nine Spider-Man movies, three of him in high school, three of him in college, and three of him grown up. So we have that to look forward to. And if you wanna know my rating of this movie, if I were to give it a numerical rating, even though I don't really completely agree with giving movies numerical ratings, because... All movies are different, like, they all succeed in different ways, but I guess, if I had to, I'd give it, like, an 8 out of 10, and that's pretty high for me. That means you gotta watch it in the cinemas. Don't pass on this movie while it's in cinemas, because you gotta support it. It's a good movie. Um, although, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's better than Spider-Man 2, like, it's better than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. It's not better, okay? Stop being so naive like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. The drama in Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire was just... It was unbelievable. And the balance they had between drama and comedy and action, it was so good. You can't beat Spider-Man 2. Or at least nothing has beaten Spider-Man 2. In terms of Spider-Man movies so far for me. Oh, and I guess that's another thing missing from these Spider-Man movies. The new ones. Is they're not as dramatic. But I guess because Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was really dramatic. I guess they're trying to take a step back when it comes to being sad or emotional. And that's okay. I understand that. Anyways, what's important is this movie was good. It makes me excited for what's to come in terms of Spider-Man in the MCU. And that whole scroll thing in the post-post-credit scene had me thinking, like, was Nick Fury always a scroll? Like, ever since the 90s or what? Or is that, was that just in this movie? Is that why Nick Fury was kind of gullible in this movie? Well, that's about it for this podcast, for, the, for this podcast episode. Um, if you do want to share your thoughts on Spider-Man, since there are no comments here, on Spotify or no comment section you can just like comment on my post on IG or Facebook that's for real though f-o-r-r-e-e-l-t-h-o 
on either Instagram or Facebook, and you can hit me up there if you want to share your thoughts on Spider-Man, or your thoughts on any movie for that matter, and if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home yet, why do you spoil yourself, man? Why do you listen to my spoilers? Now you ruined it for yourself. And I'm kind of excited, like, which villain are they going to use next? Because I'm sure they're saving Green Goblin for the, like, later trilogies. So I'm just curious, like, is it going to be Shocker? No, Shocker was in the first movie. It would be really cool if they used Kraven. Man, I want to see Kraven. If you don't know who Kraven is, Google him. It's pretty cool. For real, though.